Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Laura McDonald and Kelly Roberts on the advisory committee for the Archlight Summit in Dallas coming up in the fall. But before we get into that conversation, Greg, we got to go light thing, right thing with Satco, S-A-T-C-O.com, baby, that's Satco.com. They do the light thing. They do the right thing, Greg Eric. That's right. Everywhere you find lighting, Satco Nuvo has a lighting solution in terms of uh, the different industries they cover, agriculture, education, health, hospitality, industrial, multifamily, uh, outdoor, security, public spaces, residential, retail, workplace. I'm reading them all because they have so many of them, and I've never seen anybody define it as good as Satco did. So nice nice work on the application side. They got it all. Uh, go to satco.com. That's right. The Gangsters of Lighting, Satco. And of course, longtime members, Greg, of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's NALD.org. Baby, get associated, get educated. Come on down. That's right. For right now, Laura McDonald and Kelly Roberts on Get a Grip on Lighting. Hello, Laura and Kelly. How are you guys today? Doing great. Very good. All right. Greg Eric, let's, let's get go. In. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. We'll start off here. Maybe, Laura, if you could give us your background on who you are, why you're involved, and what you're doing. And then, Kelly, you get to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've been an interior designer since the late 90s, and my background is in commercial interior design. And uh, But I, I've also had kind of several, several lives in this industry. Um, I have an online resource really for kind of aspiring interior designers and students to learn more about this really, really diverse industry that we have and lighting is part of that. And then also I've helped other interior designers with some of their marketing and PR efforts. And then for about 10 years, I actually ran an interior design and architecture focused trade show here in Dallas called Metricon Expo and Conference. And it was in the Dallas Market Center complex, which is where the Arclight Summit is going to take place this September. So I was thrilled that they asked me to be a part of the advisory committee. Just I think I'm the lone interior designer in the group. Everybody else is and uh but of course, I've worked with many delighting designers in my lifetime and will continue to do so as this industry gets more and more uh, innovative, innovative and complex. So I appreciate people like Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> On to you, Kelly. Sure. Um, well, first, thanks for having us here today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, so I'm a lighting designer based in New York City been had a background in theatrical lighting design and transitioned to architecture about 15, 20 years ago. Um, and I'm a studio director at Wald Studio and have been kind of thrilled to be working with the Arclight Summit, mostly in my capacity as a leader with women in lighting and design. Um, I've obviously first had a lot of experience with the Legucation trade show that's in New York. And I think that they are kind of using that as a, as a um, kind of a, I, what they're trying to base their whole program on for the Arclight Summit. Um, this kind of small, intimate um, tabletop demonstrations with the manufacturers and 
also all of the presentations that we'll get into a little bit later, I'm sure. So my experience with education, I've been going to that since it started 12, 13 years ago. Um, and then bringing that experience into the Dallas Market Center Arclight Summit. And then coming from Women in Lighting Design, I'm both a member of the New York City chapter and been working pretty hard nationally as well as we've been growing across the country. Um, part of the Arclight Summit's goal is to be really bold, inclusive, um, and diverse. And so we've been working with them on the programming to make sure that they are including a lot of voices that aren't normally given an opportunity to speak at some of the other trade shows across the country. Um, and so that's what we've been, WILD has really been bringing in. WILD being the acronym, of course, for Women in Lighting Design. <laughs> there you go. So I know you guys are on the advisory council, but where did the idea of the Arclight Summit come from or why is it a reality now or becoming a reality? Well, I think part of it is is that there's Dallas Market Center has been around, of course, for years, but I think it's really seen a great deal as focusing primarily on residential design and the residential design market. But they're trying to really make people understand that you know, they've got a million square feet of lighting design showrooms within Dallas Market Center. And so many of those manufacturers with these permanent showrooms do also cater to the commercial uh, built environment. And so a lot of it, I think, became an awareness issue, a desire to get more commercial designer and architect and lighting designer focus um, on Dallas Market Center and all that it has to offer. Um, and so I think, you know, doing, organizing this kind of event that has so much education involved um, and then bringing in extra exhibitors that truly focus specifically on commercial lighting and architectural lighting, I think was just a goal of theirs. And Kelly, I don't know if you know anything beyond that. Yeah, I think also the market itself in that part of the United States has been really lacking this kind of trade show. Um, and they wanted to make sure that the market had an opportunity. I mean, we just had Light Show West that closed and now has been sold off. Um, that was maybe the closest trade show that they had to in to that location. But that, even that was you know, last year, whatever, maybe guess not last year, um, two years ago it was in Chicago and Denver, I think. So, you know, this is an opportunity to, that has a huge market available to it. Dallas is super accessible to so much of the country, um, even to New York. I mean, now the fact that education has gone virtual, like this is going to be the first trade show since COVID has started. Um, and they're really open to the entire country easily getting there within two to three hours. So I think it's it's just a great opportunity to kind of start off here first year and then just continue on because I don't see them stopping anytime soon. Was this discussed or, or planned before COVID or do you think it came about because of COVID and all the trade shows that got canceled? Well, I know that we started our... I think we were both contacted back last August or September 
um, to be part of the advisory board. So I will say, I don't know if it was discussed before then, but that's when we were contacted and they decided, hey, we need to make this a goal for next year. Yeah, I don't think COVID had anything to do with it. When you say August, you mean August 2020 or 2019? 2020. 2020. Okay. Does it have anything to do with it being in Texas and the fact that, you know, Texas is a state that um, seems to have been, when you use the word progressive, how's that? Um, it, it seems to be more progressive uh, with respect to uh, its uh, COVID-19 restrictions. Well, I mean, I will say that um, I've been really impressed with how Dallas Market Center has handled COVID. Um, they have continued to have very safe shows. In fact, I went to Lightovation back in March. It had been delayed. Normally, Lightovation is in uh, January and then it's in June. And of course, January, it was just too soon and they didn't feel like that they could safely do it um, um, with people coming in from elsewhere. They had been doing markets with that was really a more local focus and they would have been able to safely do that because they're still they're doing temperature checks at the door. Everybody's wearing a mask still. Um, so I was a, a little tentative, I will say, when I went to Light Ovation in March, because that was really the first big event that I had been to personally since COVID started. But I will say that I was very impressed. Uh, there were tons of people there because it wasn't just Light Ovation. There was a concurrent market going on. But I was very impressed, one, with the protocols that they had in place, you know, and all the signage around, you know, mandating mask use and um, sanitation stations. And um, like I said, everybody had to get their temperature taken. And then people actually followed the rules. And the fact too, that, you know, I don't think Kelly's actually been in the complex, but these buildings are so large and they have huge atriums. And so there's very much a spaciousness to them. And so there's a way to really separate out. And I will say, I really never felt uncomfortable at all the entire time. Um, and I was a little nervous that maybe people didn't want to follow the rules because it is Texas and that tends to happen here. But I will say that people were really doing what they needed to be doing. And if that is still the case, you know, come August, I mean, September, I'm planning an event actually at Dallas Market Center in August. So that's why I was thinking of that. Um, then, you know, we'll we'll roll with it. So um, I, I think there's a way to do it. And I, I do think that since Texas, um, it, has, it has been a little bit more, I think, um, open. Progressive. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> adventurous. Uh, then um, I, I think it'll be a good fit, actually. And so, and I understand, you know, I've got friends that live in New York as well, in New Jersey, and I, I totally understand that they've had a bit of a different experience than we have down here. And I think part of it's just population density as well and different types of housing and, and that kind of thing. So um, anyway, I'm very optimistic about it. And I 
I've been a, you know, COVID paranoid. So, <laughs> so I get it. I get it. I just, you know, just want to communicate that, that, that I feel like if I was comfortable and it's, you know, hard to make me comfortable. I just started dining indoors just a couple of weeks ago. Um, now that I've been vaccinated and all that. So, but the vaccination rates here are actually pretty good. And um, so I'm real optimistic about it. Kelly? Yeah, I think that um, it, it's less that it's in Texas and more about the fact that they have this fabulous place to have the trade show with the Dallas Market Center. Um, I have been there once, actually, Laura, but it was okay. many years ago to, to one of the showrooms that you were describing. And just walking around, I remember just multiple floors with these open atriums and just feeling very safe. So I would imagine going in there now. Um, I know that the DMC is following the COVID, uh, the CDC guidelines. So they're not necessarily taking their advice from the state. Um, and I think that that allows people like myself coming in from out of state to feel comfortable knowing that they're, they're really listening to what the government is saying and taking those recommendations into account. So, you know, coming from New York, we've obviously, as you said, had a very different experience. Um, I am not surprised that legislation was pushed off, certainly in March. I mean, there was no way that just recently we would have all gotten together. Um, but Dallas Market Center is a very different place than the Hilton. <laughs> Uh, just for those listening, DMC would be Dallas Market Center. We get in trouble for acronyms yes, on the show a lot. No, that's, that's okay. I just uh, I, we get e uh, text, uh, whatever you call it, comments about too many acronyms being used. To, uh. So, um, are you guys engaging in any kind of voluntary assumption of risk waivers or anything like this that prevents, um, you know, lawsuits to directors? I know that these start things are starting to come out. So that if one chooses to engage in in-person meetings, that they're voluntary, assu voluntarily assuming those risks. And if they do not wish to do so, that they then cannot attend the show. Is there anything, I know that this has happened with some sporting events. Um, I know that the UFC, um, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, for those not aware of that acronym, uh, had an event in, I think it was Houston, uh, where the attendees had to, a uh, full stadium, a uh, full inside stadium, like um uh, basketball or hockey type stadium, not outdoor. And the attendees had to engage in, um, waivers surrounding voluntary assumption of risk. Is Arclight, um, doing anything like that? Not to my knowledge, they might be. Um, I also think if you're going to a trade show, you're kind of, you've already made that decision. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's as clear as it was anymore. I mean, you have different, the problem with this sort of thing is, so, um, you take Laura, for example, um, you're, you're saying that, you know, you're quite aware of the different things, the signage and what people are doing. Um, and there's, and there's people that will react to that totally differently and will see it totally differently. And what I've noticed over the course of hiring people during this pandemic and also, um, living in, uh, perhaps the most lockdown city in the entire world that, um, I mean, Toronto has been under lockdown for, uh, almost a year now. Uh, so that's a long time. People have different versions of what's happening, you know? So what is safe or not to one person? Like, Laura, you may think you're that you're a 10 out of 10, but you may actually be only be a five out of 10 to somebody else. 
How do you deal with the varying expectations as trade so managers of, of what is safe in quotations and what isn't? Food service, for example, are you allowed to have food in the, in the service in the show, uh, drink service, things like this? Uh, how do you guys handle all these different angles? Either one of you can take it. I think that's actually not a question for us. Um, okay. <laughs> unfortunately, okay. uh, as advisory members, we don't really um, get into the specifics of what exactly the Dallas Market Center is doing in terms of um, relying on the CDC for their um, mm. COVID precautions, as it were. Um, I do know that there will be food, there'll be beverage. There's an opening night party on Monday night that actually Women in Lighting and Design is hosting. And then there will be the, um, and that'll be the welcome party on Monday. And then there'll be an opening night party on Tuesday night that the Dallas market center is hosting. Mm -hmm. So both of those will have food and beverage. Um, and other than that, we, we, as the advisory board, don't get into anything else. That makes I, mean, sense. I know <laughs> that I know I was going to say, I know that the Dallas market center, has a full COVID page on their website and they have, gosh, ever probably for about a year now. And as things change and as, you know, they get updates, they have been very good about keeping that updated. And then I know whenever I get emails about any of their um, events that are coming up all through the last year, they have always included information about what is expected of you if you are coming to this event, what, you know, what is not allowed. And um, I think they're just going to continue to roll with that. So I, I kind of feel like what Kelly said in the sense of, you know, if you are going to a large event, you know, you kind of have to assume that you're going to be comfortable being around more than 10 people at a time. So, right. um, you know, I would say all they can do is, you know, follow the guidelines that are in place and hope that the people that are comfortable come and the people that are not comfortable, you know, maybe next year. Now let's, so as advisory council, let's get into what you guys are doing. You said bold, inclusive, and diverse. What are, what are kind of, um, sessions are we going to see at the show? Kelly, you want to go so, first? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks. <laughs> um, so women in line design in particular, we have our welcome night party. That's more of a networking event, of course. Um, but we're also hosting a networking breakfast and breakout sessions on Wednesday morning. Um, that will be kind of diving into some of the issues we face as women in the workforce. Um, it's as part of our group, we always try and be um, honest and safe uh, place to have conversations. So we're breaking into small groups to have that. That's kind of a different um it's different than any of the other presentations that are happening because most of those are your more traditional either panel discussions or um some interactive breakouts but for the most part not this kind of taking the everyone who's attending and actually bringing them into separate rooms to have um a safe space um and then we have some of these other diverse 
conversations happening. We've got um, someone named Kevin Coleman coming in. He is running a diversity, equity, and inclusion um, group session on are you ready to talk about it? So he's going to bring in some of these points of ideas and that you can bring back to your office and kind of have a conversation with your business associates that helps everyone grow and talk about the issues that the country is facing right now and how your business can kind of, what is your business doing to help out? Is there a problem in the office that needs to be resolved? Kind of just bringing those conversations to, to light. Um, there's also a wonderful conversation on queer perspective in the lighting industry that'll be hosted. Um, that that's a topic that I don't think I've ever heard at a trade show. Um, so I think that's actually a really fantastic opportunity to listen in to those voices. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on, you know, and of course we also have the circadian rhythm stuff, the well, um, well lighting. Those are the things you would expect from a trade show. But I think where the Arclight Summit is really different is bringing in these new voices. Laura, did you have any other ones that you were excited about? I know there's a couple. Yeah, I mean, what I think is great is that I think there's about 36 offerings over the two days. So there's a great deal to choose from. And I think what's really interesting, too, is that so many of the sessions um, really appeal to multiple types of people. So it's not just lighting designers and lighting specifiers, it's people like me, interior designers and architects. And we're even trying to bring in students as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of students that are in architecture and design programs that I think if they had the opportunity to be exposed to more lighting education and the really the amazing breadth of technology and innovation that's in lighting today, then they would actually get converted <laughs> and and bump out of just the pure built environment and, and go into the So We're really trying to attract those kind of people as well. So I, I think it's great that, you know, part of what I think they really wanted this advisory council for is to say, hey, you know, yes, we can bring in these, you know, lighting specific educational sessions, but what else as business owners, as principals and leaders within your organizations, um, as frankly, just people in the world in a almost post pandemic world, uh, you know, what are topics that are also really important to you that are just, you know, that are beyond lighting and uh, can really appeal to a great deal of people in the built environment. And so I think that's, you know, I'll, our, we'll pat ourselves on the back a little bit. I think we've done a really good job of helping to guide that. And of course, the organizers did a lot of the heavy lifting. We had some contacts of course, that we put them in in contact with, and especially the lighting designers on the team had really the specifics on lighting topics. But as far as 
you know, general um, knowledge that could apply to everybody, I think we've done a really nice job to bring in something very different that's not only lighting focus, but has additional topics. Nice. And I, I see on here, and we'll promote it on our, our site and everything, but it's uh, starts Monday, September 20th and goes till Wednesday. Really, it's two full days of, of content. The Monday night is a um, party, mm-hmm. but the two full days, it looks like every half hour. How does that format work? Is Are they half hour sessions or you pick one and skip one or how do, how do you guys handle that? Yeah, they'll be overlapping. So you pick one that you might be interested in and then should be about, they range from a 60 minute to a 90 minute presentation, depending on what you're um, attending. So, okay. And I think two days is the right number. That's something, you know, we bounce around a lot with going to con or we used to <laughs> with going to shows. And I always felt like two days was plenty. Your time at all. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what type of, uh, who are you guys trying to get to go to this show? Is it anybody in lighting? Is it owners of lighting companies? Is it, what's your mark? Lighting designers? Where are you at on that? I think everyone um, in the entire marketplace is invited and encouraged to attend. There's, if I understand, and I'll let Laura speak about this a little bit more, but I think that there's um, some lack of connection between the lighting design community and the architecture and interior design community in Dallas. Um, And so I know that we would like to use this show to kind of bring those groups together um, to the architects, interior designers, kind of explain what, what is lighting? What, what is important about lighting? Why do you need to use a lighting designer? Um, Or if not, you know, what are your manufacturers offering you and what information do you need to be asking them for? I mean, that's usually why you want to use a lighting designer. They know the questions to ask. That's my own selling point, right? Um, <laughs> uh, and then, and and so we're actually, I'll mention, they're, they're doing this really great connect. Um, they're bringing in the Light co- Collective. They're a UK-based um, group. And they're doing this kind of design DNA attraction that's going to be on the opening on the Tuesday night party that will actually create a family tree um, connecting interior designers, architects, line designers, letting them see how they are similar and allowing them to kind of use those connections to interact and network. So you're not just starting from scratch as you're kind of walking into the place and trying to figure out what you're, what you're all about. You can actually connect with someone because you know, you know, Oh, you, both went to school in St. Louis or something. Um, and that just gives you a starting place for networking, which I think is really exciting. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how that's going to manifest itself. Cause right now I can't picture it <laughs> as far as physically, like how we're, how that's going to happen. But I know that it was six, it's been successful within the lighting industry and what maybe some of the European shows, but what's Mm -hmm. nice of course, is because we are trying to um, attract architects and interior designers to this thing. Um, They're incorporating of course uh, that demographic. And I think it'll be interesting to see just, you know, it's going to be probably not the six degrees of separation. It's going to be the two degrees of separation of how everybody 
probably knows each other or knows somebody who knows somebody. And, uh, but yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, I, I've planned a lot of events for the interior design and architecture industry, but I will say we've always had a hard time, you know, attracting lighting designers specifically. Um, and so I'm actually really excited that this exists because I really think with now everything is so complicated and as more, um, you know, more and more people focus on, you know, the well-building standard and lead just becomes more of a common thing. Um, you know, we all can't absorb all of that knowledge and have it in our head all the time. And so we need each other. We've got to work together to make these projects be the best that they can be for our clients and, um, and for the public. So I, I just think this is kind of a long overdue, um, event that has the potential to really grow and, and bring more of, um, these groups together. The itinerary is interesting. It's like 75% typical lighting show, you know, in 2021. And then you have this, the beyond lighting stuff sort of factored in. Can you explain for the audience, like I've never heard that, that term before beyond lighting. I think it's interesting. What do you mean? Is it an extension? Do you mean just mixing in topics that are not typically discussed at a lighting trade show um, that are not lighting related? Tell me a little bit more about what you mean when you say beyond lighting. Laura, I think you brought it up. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I see it as, you know, of course, lighting is the main focus, but with Everything that we've all been through in the last year, there are so many more important topics that really need to be discussed. And I think more and more, you know, with people working from home and not being in the office and part of, you know, closer knit teams, you're, people that I've been talking to and myself included have felt a bit disconnected from our fellow uh, colleagues. And then, of course, with all the racial justice um, has being dominant in the, in the news and dominant in our minds, you know, you can't really just push that away. Um, that is part of what's happening in the world, and therefore that's part of what's happening in our industry. And it really needs to be discussed and it needs to be discussed in the workplace. And there are some firms out there, some large architectural firms who are doing some great work in that arena. And so those are some of the sessions that we have brought in Smith Group specifically, you know, they're a powerhouse architectural and tier design firm that have locations, you know, all over the States and they have done some amazing work in this space. And so it's kind of like, why not bring those guys in to have some panel discussions that can help other firm owners and, and managers and principals to really understand how to work with some of these topics and why they're important. Um, so I, I mean, I just feel like, especially since this is one of the first in-person events since the pandemic started, 
I kind of feel like we felt like we had a bit of a responsibility to do things differently and to recognize what was going on in the world and um, therefore our industry and to reflect that back in programming. Kelly, you have any thoughts on that? I think she's hit it right on the head. Um, that's exactly what we, we felt was our responsibility is a great word to use, um, to make sure that these conversations were happening and being, being given the importance of being part of a trade show. Um, so I think it gives them some extra oomph as it were (laughs) to have these um, panelists and presentations that will delve into these, this information. Who actually owns the show? Dallas market center does. Okay. And then, and then they have the advisory committee to help them formulate the plan. That's what you guys are doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. And I know they did light up. They also do light ovation, as you mentioned, and that happened in March. What kind of attendance was there? You said there were a lot of people. Was it, did they rate it from the previous year? Was it X percent down or do you know where that was at out of curiosity? You know, I, I don't, I don't know the metrics on that. Um, it's like I said, it seemed like it was pretty well attended to me, but like I said, there was another event going on concurrently though most of that event was happening in a different building, but the buildings are connected. So there's a lot of back and forth, but um, I have a feeling that the June show um, that's coming up. Yeah. That's next month. It's hard to believe it's May. Um, (laughs) But I I have a feeling that it's, it's going to be pretty well attended. And they, they did tell us one metric that, um, you know, some, with the other shows, you know, going on and them opening up that traffic to Dallas Market Center by designers specifically has been up quite significantly since March of 2019. So I think there was a lot of pent up demand um, of, you know, wanting to actually be able to go and touch things and see things in person and talk to representatives in person uh, besides being stuck online and trying to specify from online sources. Um, So like I said, I feel like, I feel like that they've had a lot of good experience with handling the public and customers coming in. And um, that's really, that's the only reason that I'm actually working with them to do my, uh, an event that I'm helping out with in August because I've, I'm comfortable there. Had it been another venue, um, I'm not sure I would have even attempted to do it. And now, are you guys going to have a, a trade show for the vendors that show up or the exhibitors? Are there is there actually going to be a trade show floor? Because as I understand, Dallas Market Center is, is one place I've, I haven't been yet. Mike, you and I haven't gone there. I think we were about to last year before things happened, but um, people that they have their own showrooms. So is that what they're going to be able to demonstrate or do they can actually have booths that they can show or there no trade show at all? There will be uh, the floor of the atrium will be completely turned into kind of the smaller booths, um, 10 foot table type setups that we're kind of used to seeing at some of these smaller trade shows. Um, most of the 
showrooms will actually be closed for a majority of the time, unless they're being used for, we have a, a couple presentations that are actually specific on learning a little bit more about controls or about color. And those will utilize the showrooms, the fixtures that are there or the control systems that are there to help people get hands-on approach to learning. Um, but for the most part, all of the, by closing the showrooms, you put all of the exhibitors on kind of the same footing. <laughs> so it, it gives a really nice opportunity for anyone who doesn't have a showroom to feel comfortable and to feel like they're actually getting the same amount of promotion and visibility as everyone else. Okay. And I know it's still what four months away and maybe you don't have this information, but out of curiosity, do you know what registration is looking like currently? I think they just opened attendee registration. Was it late yeah, last May week 1st. or today? Oh, it was May 1st. Okay. So, yeah, I don't have any data on who has registered thus far, but I believe that we're planning for about 400 to 700 people um, as far as attendees go. What's the capacity of the Dallas Market Center? Oh, my gosh. You can have thousands and thousands of people there. Um, I don't know, but I mean, you could probably have a good, if I had to guess, and this is purely a guess, sure. I would think you could have, you know, upwards to about 15,000 people there. No problem. Are you guys going to um, require proof of vaccination for attendees? I have not heard Dallas Market Center say mm. anything about that. Okay. Well, I'm just uh, curious to people listening. A lot of people are dying to get to a show. Uh, I know that a lot of people are interested and you certainly have, um, if I may use the word diverse, diverse um, listing of, uh, of um, what do you call them, track sessions or presentations. And um, so if you're out there, uh, check out Archlight, arclightsummit.com. That's arc with an H-A-R-C-H-L-I-G-H-T-S-U-M-M-I-T.com. Is there any final thoughts for the listeners, Kelly? I just think that I am super excited to be going to a trade show. I'm coming from New York just to see it and to actually hold some light fixtures in my hands and see a lot of new things. And I cannot wait. So I really hope that everyone else will experience that too. <laughs> Laura. I agree. I agree. Um, I would really like to encourage um you know, even if you're not a lighting designer, if you're an interior designer like me or an architect or a student out there who's interested in learning more about lighting, we would love to have you. Um, I want to just reiterate that we feel confident that everything's going to be done safely. We'll make it happen and it's going to be a great show. And I like to reiterate that uh, lighting design is the heart of interior design. So if you're an interior designer and you don't know anything about lighting, <laughs> you're in big trouble. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> folks, uh, if you made it to the end, on behalf of Laura Kelly and Greg Eric, I'm here to say thank you for listening. We love you guys. Um, of course, you got to check out the Gangsters of Lighting. Satco, go to satco.com. That's satco.com, Greg Eric. 
That's right. And they've got presence at the Dallas Market Center. I know that because they were the ones who told us about it and said we should go there and do all this. And and they're probably the one that, you know, they have the residential side and they've got the commercial side, as we talked in the beginning. They've got all lighting applications covered. Got it covered. The gangsters, they do the light thing. They do the right thing. Go to satco.com. And of course, proud members, longtime members of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right. We're lighting means business. All you distributors out there, if you haven't joined, man, come on. You got to get in here. Get associated. Get educated. Go to naild.org. And of course, if you're hot for a trade show, got to check out our Arclight Summit. Uh, the link will be on the website. How's that? Click the link there. A A R C H L I G H T S U M M I T dot com. There, I did it for you guys out there, the listeners. Go to arclightsummit.com. Folks, thanks for listening. Bye for now.